and welcome to the 52 List Podcast with Maria Seal. Today, I have an incredible guest. I have Morgan Harper Nichols, who I admire so much in so many ways, and I can't wait to share her magical world with you. Uh, Morgan is an autistic and ADHD artist, poet, and musician, and her work is inspired by stories, conversations, and everyday life. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's still so surreal that we're getting to have this conversation because I'm so, as even though I'm like very on social media, I get so nervous like sending DMs and stuff. And I've read your story in a book and I was like, I just really want to send a DM. This is probably too much. And I, I've, I've freaked out about it so much. But then your response, ever since then, I'm just like, oh, so grateful. I'm so glad that the connection happened. So, yes. We, you are you are such a treasure and I am honored and humbled that you would even feel nervous by reaching out to me. So I'm like, no, no you. No you. Morgan and I have oh a wild amount of things in common. Um, she, she first heard about me through the book um, Unmasking Autism by Dr. Devin Price. <clears throat> um, but then come to find out we are both pastor's kids. We are both eldest daughters. We both have ADHD and autism and we're diagnosed very late in life. Mm-hmm. We both are artists at heart. We both have been musicians. Uh, we have just a similar flavor and, of autism. And books, and existence. And books with art. Oh, we, we write make- books books with art in it (laughs) Um, and you have something exciting coming out in two weeks do you want to tell us a little bit about your newest book oh my goodness I totally said that I was not trying to make a segue there (laughs) but that was I made made the connection (laughs) I promise everyone that was not scripted I oh my goodness but yes I do I do make make books and I have another one coming out that's that's art and poetry I'm really proud of it because it was it's uh it's called you are only just beginning and I've I've done a few art and poetry books at this point. It's it's the third of like a little trilogy, but this one has like a whole chapter on elephants and what I love about elephants, what I've learned from elephants. And I never thought I would get to put a book out there like that in the world because I I often feel like the things that I'm really interested in when I share them. Just in the past, I'll share things and people are like, "Yeah, but what's like the." Uh, the, like the real part behind it I'm like no you don't understand like I really really like I, I like studying elephants makes me cry like I I'm not mm. this isn't like a lead up to something else I'm like no it's I'm it's not a metaphor I don't think you understand so I never thought I would get to to write a book like that like it, it and mm. it's to me it's just very special because I do tend to feel like I have to hide a lot of my interests and things or or modify them to make them appealing to uh neurotypical gaze (laughs) quoting devin price there i that that i never let go of that after hearing that because i was just like yeah that's that is that that i can see how sometimes that even affects my creativity and feeling like i have to modify and change things so much so i feel like this book is my is the most of me saying this is really me. Like this is just the stuff that I tinker with and think about and and has helped me just breathe during these very difficult times. And, and I, I I hope that it can be a gift to others. I am sure it will be. 
And when, uh, so you've written three books, where in that trilogy were you diagnosed with autism? Yeah, that's okay. I think it was a good question. I want to say it was right before the second book came out. So it Mm -hmm. was. You'd already written the second book. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, but I was, was I in the process of? Oh, I'm getting everything mixed up now. I think (laughs) I started the, my, so everyone's story is different. And mine's was pretty long in terms of the diagnosis process. The uh, specialist I found likes work with people over a course of months and several, several months. And I think also COVID had spread it out as well too. So it was, it was several months from, I want sometime, I want to say October, 2020 is when I had my first appointment. And then it wasn't until February 2021 that I like had like here's your formal diagnosis autism ADHD sensory processing (laughs) disorder so yeah and did you I mean what was also that journey to getting a diagnosis like for you I mean I I've had my own hurdles um in it you know number one just not being a four-year-old white boy who doesn't talk Mm -hmm. Uh, sets you up for a lot of challenges and finally getting a diagnosis. And I'm sure you've had your hurdles in (laughs) being listened to, one Mm -hmm. as a Black person, one as a woman, uh, and much more. I had the hurdles of I look very femme and I am queer. And uh, these things make it harder Mm -hmm. when you're not a four-year-old little white boy. Absolutely. Yeah. What was it like, uh, you know, finding a therapist and oh my goodness, uh, yes, yes, you're absolutely right. It's oh, if you don't fit that one description, <laughs> then you're pretty much left on your own. And you know, there's people helping make that better now. But if, if you yeah. grew up in the '90s and certainly before, <laughs> that was not really the the case. And so my journey started very young. I have a sister who has uh, Tourette syndrome and was diagnosed at nine years old. Mm-hmm. And she had, has, has like visible tics. And even then it was hard for her. It was a very mm-hmm. similar story of just like black girls with Tourette's just not being really researched. It was, yeah. it was a struggle uh, for her. So in terms of like seeing neurologists, like that was something that was a part of our life at a young age. And my mom would often say, well, I have, you know, another daughter, like I'm sitting right there and she has, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, you know, she, she struggles with this and this and that, and just always brushed off like, oh, it's probably nothing. She's just probably quirky or whatever. And, oh, she loves books and, you know, (laughs) and no further thought, you know, so all of my, my seemingly invisible struggles were just sort of. I internalized it as, well, I, I guess it's just me and I got to work through it. And, and it was just really sad because I even saw it like my mom and my mom, I mean, she has her own health issues as well. She is such a, was such an advocate for me and my sister's health. And mm-hmm. as hard as she tried, as best as she tried to, to articulate, Hey, there's something here. And I, I go through the, I go through the effort of sharing all that. Cause I'm like, even if someone is does have support and they do have someone there that's like hey there's something going here like I'm trying to help them even then it's still a struggle so yeah it wasn't until I was 
27, when I was 27, I was just sort of like, I always remember that thing about like, your, your brain develops fully at age 27. That was a key you. moment for me. And I was like, okay, the stuff doesn't seem to have developed. Um, <laughs> I'm still struggling, like having regular work. Um, I'm struggling with just trying to figure out how to pay a bill over the phone. Like it's just, everything is exhausting. Even yeah. can't even get to the existential stuff. Like just the, the right. day-to-day point A to point B, trying to remember to microwave my lunch. It's yeah. just, I'm like, what is going on? Like, why, why do I feel like I'm always struggling? And that was just a thing. It was, it was, it was, it may sound very service level to some, but it wasn't, it was just that, like, it was so every little everyday thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's been this way for years and it seems like it's not getting better. So mm-hmm. I went to the doctor, just my regular primary care doctor. And I just, kind of casually mentioned I'm like hey I think it could be a possibility that I could be on the spectrum and do you have any recommendations like I didn't even say I think I'm autistic I was just like do you have any recommendations for speaking with someone to consider it as a possibility of something Mm -hmm. totally brushed me off didn't even look up from his clipboard he was just like yeah no you have nothing to worry about. You're not autistic. Like if you are, and then I don't remember what he said after this, but when I think about it, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I, I, I hope for whatever reason he is not out there saying this still today, but yeah. he was, he was like, yeah, well, if you're, if you're autistic, you would have come in here X, Y, Z, at that point, I didn't even hear what he said. I was just like, yeah, you'd be tapping on yourself. You'd exactly, be exactly. Yeah. He, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so <laughs> sadly though, I left that appointment just taking his word. And I was just like, well, use a doctor. I don't really know where to go from there because in order mm-hmm. to speak to anybody else, you oftentimes have to have, you know, referrals and stuff. And and I just sort of left it there and just continued to struggle and just continue to think that, well, I think I kind of got into, okay, well, it's because I'm an artist. <laughs> so I really yeah. leaned into yes. that. Um, yes. And thankfully that worked out. So all that was happening at the same time. Like when I was starting my whole art thing and sharing it, it was, I wasn't very good at it. Um, I was like losing followers <laughs> when I first started sharing it because I was, I was trying to do music before. And then the, one day I just flipped and I was just like, here's some spray paint on canvases. <laughs> Who wants to help me figure this out? Because I couldn't, I didn't have like other work experience or anything. Uh, and, you know, it's just, and even if you do have work experience, it's still hard to find jobs yeah. um, for anybody. So I was just struggling financially and struggling to just kind of piece by piece, put it together. And I'm also married, me and my husband, we met in college and we just, <laughs> it was so, it was so random, like, how we how we met we just met in college and we're just like hey let's get married and ever since then it's just been trying to piece it together yeah. uh one thing after another so he was like doing a lot of odd jobs himself and we we're just odd odd jobbing it up um it still kind of feels like that but yeah. just doing all these odd jobs and and trying to make it work and then 2020 happened and it was right after I, I turned 30, February 4th, 2020. So I just turned 30. And then a month later, lockdowns are happening. And I feel like that was the first time I really faced myself in my life. Yeah. Because that was now 30 years of just 
high strung trying so hard to be a human in this world and so many systems and structures were just questioned and things put on halts obviously in a global sense um yeah and all the way down to you know personal level as well that I was like everything feels strangely calm in a way of like yeah I you're think not some of that having to fit into certain exactly. outside pressure so yeah. that you're alone with yourself and, and you're allowed yeah and it's like of course I I I don't COVID was is obviously horrible and we've lost way too many people way too many people as a result of of that and for me personally in that moment it was it was it was a shedding of my old self it was Mm -hmm. because right before that oh I was I was about to just be the little artist influencer I was like well (laughs) this is what you gotta do like we we had gotten a like a little tour together and now I look at that I'm like I don't know (laughs) <laughs> There's no yeah. reason why I should have even done that tour. Um, so it didn't obviously that didn't happen. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of stuff that ended up didn't happen. And I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, it shouldn't have happened. Because I don't know what would have happened to my mental yeah. health, my physical health, and yeah. all of that. So 2020 was the starting point of of recognizing, oh, something's up. Like maybe it's just me wanting to stay at home forever and never leave the house. Maybe that's the only thing. I don't know, but something is up with me. Mm-hmm. Like I am in no rush to get back to whatever that was. Yeah. So it was during 2020 that I was on TikTok and I started seeing adults talk about their experience with getting diagnosed as adults. And that was the first time that it was like, hmm, wait a minute. I wasn't even looking for it. I think it was just because I, I follow a lot of people just speaking about their health journeys and about different things. And it's just something I, I care about. And um, just, we need a lot of, systems change around that in general and i i listen to a lot of stories so i think that's probably why the algorithm maybe shown it to me because i wasn't even looking yeah. for it but then it started showing up and then it was from there that i i heard a few people two different people say like look for a specialist if you think this could be you look for a specialist who who speaks to adults who has specialty yeah. with working with adults that's a huge factor for a lot of people obviously that doesn't always guarantee that sadly that people will be listened to but it was like that's a step like (laughs) go go towards someone that that has worked with adults so thankfully i was able to find someone it took me a few attempts i i tried Mm -hmm. two other places two maybe two or three they were either full or they said they work with adults but they really didn't um and then ultimately i found my doctor who was just who had who had had the actual experience um, and had 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 experience working with people that look like me mm-hmm. and that that made the difference for me and it was it was even more of that just shedding of the old self and having to face myself without all of that or trying to at least and I'm yeah. still on that journey so yeah, yeah that's that's and a bit of the journey of how I got here with all of that so yeah that is that is so relatable for me hugely so parallel in many ways and also I hope uh, for a lot of people listening that it is relatable for them and I hope that that encourages them and empowers them to keep seeking out 
uh, people who will listen to them. I'm hoping that with the rise of TikTok and more people speaking to their experience, that more people who are, are in power of giving diagnoses and providing mm-hmm. care that they learn from us mm-hmm. and uh, provide more space for marginalized people to be mm-hmm. validated in their experiences. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it right there. <laughs> really need that. Yes. Oh because my goodness. Because there's you know, therapists who say that they, you know, know autism, but mm-hmm. they don't. They know mm-hmm. the old, the old story of autism yeah. of one specific type of person, mm-hmm. and we need more people in power uh, yeah. to educate themselves so that they can truly help. Yes, absolutely. I I'm I absolutely that. in agreement on that. Yeah. Do you feel like, <clears throat> I mean, I think some challenges in, in my journey of the diagnosis is that if you're an artistic person, if you're quirky, if, if at any point in your life, people called you artsy, indie, quirky, manic, interesting girl, <laughs> all of these things are like masks for autism. It yes. feels like. Yes, they are. They're ways for other people to categorize us and figure out how to deal with our quirks, our qualities. Exactly. Our directness, our, you know, growing up, I, my parents, you know, being the eldest daughter of a pastor, uh, there were expectations for how I presented myself to the world. And I'm a representative of my dad in the small community I grow up in. And I must be appropriate. And I'm a, I must be polite. Uh, did you grow up with that kind of pressure and expectation? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and for me, for me, though, it was interesting because I actually got it more from church members than my parents. That was way, that was way more of it. Like, yeah. It was, you know, my parents had lived with me every day. Like, I think it's someone they're like, Morgan's, yeah. <laughs> Morgan is Morgan. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of stuff. They were just like, okay. Like, I was just, uh, me and my sister both. We're just very, you know, we're just who we are. Let's we'll just say yeah. that. And, and there was, and we were homeschooled. So, and, and my mom, who is just, she was just, and is just the kind of person of like, be different, embrace your different. So I, I do think mm-hmm. that that helps. That helped me have some kind of of um, of of just like okay, there's it's okay. Other people might not be okay with it, yeah. But you're okay. I, I did get that, and I'm so grateful for that yeah. because I, I I do think that was key for my mental health. At at least at home, I felt like I like I. I'll give you a very specific example. So. When I was, I forget what year, but sometime in the 90s, the Game Boy Colors came out and I loved the Atomic Purple Game Boy Color. Like that was a, that was a transfor- transformational moment in my life when that, when that device came out because it was translucent. I could see on the inside while still simultaneously playing the game. Mm, it has a lot of meaning for me. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I played that Game Boy Color past the age that culturally a little girl turning into a preteen turning into a teen will be interested in something like that but it was only leaving the house that I became aware that oh these things that you're interested in these are little kid things now like you should have progressed into makeup and I never 
I I never got into makeup. Like I, I never went and, and a lot of the other girls I knew were. So it was it, it was it was often at church that I experienced the most othering, the most you're weird. And I and I think that the biggest of all of them was that I was always doing something a few years behind everyone else. So that was my it was always, we're not doing that anymore. So that was my mm-hmm. biggest thing. Whatever I was interested in, oh, we're not doing that anymore. We've grown up to this, to that. Did It, it could be about how I dress. It could be, you know, music. It could be what I was playing with, whatever. So I got very good at, at hiding my interest. In, and yeah. that's something I'm still unpacking. Like, I, I, I don't even, even the way I just said that now, I don't even think I, I was like, I need to write that down the way I just said it. Cause I, I've, I'm just now unpacking the stuff in therapy because it's, it's so, it, it creates this whole environment of, of you just trying to survive in this world. And, and yeah, that was, that was a long way of saying yes to answer your question. <laughs> I'm like, I'm clearly still unpacking it. Yeah. Um, I've written about it a little bit, but I, I, there's more to it and I'm trying to, trying to write about it more, trying to speak about it more because I know that I'm not the only one. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's interesting, <laughs> like growing up, I'm sure you fixated on things. Mm-hmm. And you just loved it so much. And yes. in the world of career, that's good. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a kid, like my dad would always tell me like, oh, Maria, like right now you're the weirdo and you're no one likes you and people bully you. And like, these are all of the labels be- are being putting on you right now. Like you're not changing interests as quickly as everybody else you're fixated mm-hmm. on your own things but I promise you when you're a grown-up all of those things will make you interesting all of those things will make you cool because mm-hmm. you aren't an individual and I, I remember at one point in high school I came home crying and I was like I can't make myself like other people everybody else is making themselves like each other but I can't do it I would love to fit in and that for that to be easy but I can't do it I'm just always gonna be other and I don't understand uh did you kind of have that experience too it sounds like my goodness (laughs) yes I wrote this song when I was 17 and I've actually been trying to work up the courage to share it again (laughs) because it was I would love to hear it but the the first line of the song says I wrote this at 17 and I'm like yeah I yeah um it was one day I'm gonna grow up and everything's gonna make sense but I set that last year and I'm still struggling with it. And the chorus of the song says, you don't have to lie to me. If you think I'm weak, I'll be someone somewhere else. I'll be someone somewhere else. Mm. And when I think about that, I was like, yeah, I I just kept doing that every year. It was like, not with this group, but hopefully somewhere else, not here, but hopefully somewhere else, but not here, hopefully somewhere else. Yeah. And the thing that I was trying to navigate all of that without any language, without any understanding of what was going on, I'm like, it's a miracle that I'm here because that was so exhausting Yeah, um, to just not have a sense of place. And even if I'm in a room of people who look like me, or even if I'm in a room of people where we're all playing music together, to just no matter what you get pushed into that outer ring and 
and yeah, it's 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 definitely in some ways I do feel like it's come full circle because I've just moved back to Georgia where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I recognize I was like, oh, I actually have as a result of all of that, I actually have now developed some kind of tools around like what we were talking about before, uh, just saying no, of just like, <laughs> I don't even want to fit in with y'all anymore. Like, you I don't do you. have a wonderful life. Um, yeah. But I'm just going to go over here. Um, like, oh, you don't like that? Well, too bad, because it's actually a wonderful time. Um, like, I, I, so I love games, games of all kinds, yeah. video games, board games, you name it. Mm-hmm. Recently realized a lot of people hate games. I wasn't aware of that. Um, <laughs> I have a I, hates games and my mom is obsessed with games so in my family growing up it was always my mom being like can we play a game please oh my goodness which i have a which which i have a um which i have a thought about that too i'm like hmm i wonder if the people who hate games are really good at playing social games (laughs) yeah i think and i'm curious for you to you know i don't know if you've thought about this but after my diagnosis i was like okay well like it seems like half of the world is autistic at this point now I feel like there's a lot of us and if it's not just me it's probably in my parents too it's probably Mm -hmm. in generations before them let me look at my parents and see the ways like what are their very specific special skills Mm -hmm. like my dad told me I think that both my parents are probably a little bit on the spectrum um I when I told my dad about all these different ways, I'm like, when I came out, uh, when I was leaving a marriage, that wasn't right for me. When I was shifting my life, that was so hard and scary. Autistic people do like the spaces when they find a comfortable space to sit in it. But I was yeah. still like, this is not the right space. When I explained all that to my dad, he was like, if I were your age, I'd probably would have done a lot of similar things too. But I'm old and I like my boxes. Mm. I was like, ah, yes, that sounds autistic to me. (laughs) That sounds like you figured out how, like he, within being a pastor, he figured out how to socialize with people. He figured out his role in socializing with people. Uh, But there's other games that are, he can't face. It's too much. Can wow. you see any of wow. that in your parents? Like, oh my goodness, we talk kind of- we talk about it all the time. Like after my diagnosis, like looking around the room, we're like, okay, um, <laughs> who's next? Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's turned to well, who's not autistic? In our family? <laughs> yeah. Like that is like it's because I remember talking to my specialist too. Um, and and I would just tell her childhood story. She's like, "Have have your parents considered?" Um, <laughs> I was like, you know, "No, uh, but there's definitely something here because it's it is yeah it, it yeah it's in the family absolutely yeah. for sure." And yeah. I yeah I just even think about like things like we so growing up like when we would go to the movies and we would leave the movies. 
I wasn't aware that all people don't have like an hour long conversation about like their favorite lines in the plot or what other similar films did similar things and how that connected to the director's last work and what the social implications were of that character being portrayed that way and how that was not a good trope, but they did bring it back down to the end in somewhat of a redemptive way, but they could have done that slightly differently. Like that was just, that was just how we talked after we left the movie theater. Like I remember seeing um like there was a movie that came out about uh uh like uh, uh it was called Glory Road. It was like a I think a black basketball team in in Texas and and I think they had a white coach. I, it was based on a historical event. I can't remember the exact story. But when we left the theater, like my mom was just like, Oh, notice how, you know, have you did you all notice how the white people who in the theater with us they did act seem to act a little bit differently after we left and we were like yeah oh. we noticed that too because it probably opened up some ways that these biases might exist in their life <laughs> we're just like talking about this overseas pizza like after the movie that's and amazing. it's just and it was like that was and that's still how we talk as a family mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what are the social implications of that like what does that mean like and and it is i'm not saying that only autistic people can talk about this but just right. that was like a, a that's like a familiar a family special interest i guess yeah. you could say yeah. it's just, yeah. let's like get into the nitty-gritty about this specific yeah. piece of media and all the things it connects to and we could just talk about it for a long time and yeah one of my favorite yes. childhood pastimes i guess <laughs> yeah it's, it's that's so cool yeah yeah well, it's I, just, I'm I feel like <laughs> i feel like i've started to say like this is my flavor of autism because mm-hmm. i've met lots of autistic people now yeah. and also close friends of mine have yeah been diagnosed it's like no wonder yes and yeah but, absolutely yeah it's like different flavors and it sounds like it sounds like our families have really similar flavors of autism uh, because a lot of my childhood, like my evenings were spent, me and my dad just like philosophizing about things for hours. Yeah. We would just sit there and like just get into the nitty gritty of existence and why people function the way that they function. And uh, I think that's probably what, you know, uh, it's interesting that we both have the parallels of like both being people who are like, I want to understand people. Yeah. yeah and yeah. art and music are a way for me to process and share how yes. I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And I've also had a lot of people come to me and be like, what a beautiful metaphor. And I was like, I was being literal. I didn't- oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that one. Okay. Let me, let me try to calm down. I, yeah. That is so serious for me. The <laughs> amount of times and I love my editors who I work with uh, my books, but the mm-hmm. amount of times I've heard either, or their book or different, wow. different things. Not so much my book editor, actually. It's actually been some other people who yeah. said this, like, can you say that? But like less poetic without the metaphor. I'm like, no, I'm like, it's not a metaphor to me. Like I am, just, I am talking about literal sunlight, like, and literal sunlight's impact on me. Like, yeah. <laughs> It is so wild how that is that that is hard to explain to people. So I, yeah, it's like we we naturally speak a different language, I guess, yes, and maybe also the influence of growing up. I don't know. Again, growing up with pastors as dads, you know, I saw my dad give a beautiful speech every week. 
Mm-hmm. give a sermon yeah. and the way my dad would uh, give a sermon is he would bring in a lot of historical context he is a history nerd I think our dads would be friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> the context of this and the time of the blah 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 um and I love that and I appreciate that um but yeah but even when he'd talk about historical things it still would just have this like romance and poeticness to it mm-hmm. and i absolutely inherited that uh yeah. i'll say things that people even like even in college i would friends have friends who'd be like you think so much you just think a lot yeah and like, like yeah, our no. over our other people's overthinking it's just our thinking yeah i'm, I'm just, just thinking <laughs> i'm not overthinking i'm just thinking a lot. I I actually I actually think about overthinking in this way. I'm like I see it very literally that word over. So I'm like, there's the thinking, and then there's the thinking over the thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> my personal opinion, I think that we're not doing enough as a society. Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing enough of that overthinking. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like I need think we need some more thoughts over the thoughts that can look over the thoughts of those thoughts. This <laughs> is my, my personal opinion here. This makes sense but, to me. <laughs> but it has been thought about. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> this all makes sense to me and it sounds like you also have like uh when you're thinking it's very visual oh yes oh my that's goodness how, it's in space I yeah i i yeah. see it in physical space so it's um it's very interesting i had a I had a moment a few months ago where i was like going to this like retreat thing and it was like a break time after and people had varying degrees of thoughts about what was shared during that section of the retreat and so probably like i just don't get it i don't get the concept and i was like yeah well i actually didn't understand the concept either but i asked other people in the group i was like but where i said but where in your mind did you put it the thing that you don't understand and everyone just stared at me they're like what are you talking about i just didn't get it i was like yeah but i put things in like a certain like oh i'll come back to that because i may need more information to kind of you know, round it out. Cause I was like, it mm-hmm. probably connects to something. I'm just not making the connection yet. And I'm doing this. And I was looking like, no, I just don't get it. And I'm like, no, we got to stop doing this. Everybody. <laughs> I was like, I think, I think we might be able to solve world peace. If we <laughs> start, if we start thinking about the things that we don't get and say, I'm just going to put it over here for a minute yeah, and, and see it as a, as an object, as a thing. I don't fully understand it either. But I, I'm not just going to, I don't have to shoo it away from me. It's just like, oh, I don't understand it. You know, let me just. That's okay. Let I feel like ha- that's... Let it hang out in the, in, the, yeah. in the sphere of things. That is such a gift, I think, that people who have the diagnosis of autism get to hold on to is that mm-hmm. we are so used. We are so used to not understanding so mm. many things oh, that yeah. society and a system has set up. And people are trying to tell us, but this is how it is. And we're like, logically, this Absolutely. does not make sense to me. You said it and perfectly. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to put it together, but it does not make sense. I don't like explain yeah. to me why again. No, That's still doesn't make sense exactly. to me. Exactly. That's what it's, it is. It's because we have to do that all the time. You're right. Constantly. We're always so we having the same. I don't get it, but clearly everyone else in the room does. So mm-hmm. I can't just, I don't have the luxury. I don't have the privilege of just shooing it away and yeah. just saying oh i won't even consider it because it's like well if i need to function in society if i need to 
make a doctor's appointment. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is stuff that I'm going to have to say, I don't understand this, but I've got to let it sit here for a minute. Because if I don't, then that might be the difference between me getting help for a physical issue or not. So yeah, that's, whew, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing. It's basically like we're, we've been gaslit by ourselves, validated mm-hmm. by society structure mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's beautiful, profound and strange and surreal that you and I both were uh, given the diagnosis of autism like after a year of living in a pandemic mm-hmm. because we had this, you, you know, the time alone was so helpful for both of us to reckon with ourselves. Mm-hmm. But also we just observed society at large reckoning with itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we participated a bit on our own. Um, yeah. To see mass groups of people say no uh culture at large has said we will keep upholding racism structurally yeah. to have yeah. mass groups of people say no yeah i think has been so profound in so many individuals realizing oh i and me too on an individual mm-hmm. level what am i allowed to peel off and say no yeah oh yeah you're absolutely right and and yeah i'm 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 happy for stories like ours and at the same time yeah I'm just like I'm hoping for more I'm hoping yeah. more people and you know as we as we continue to progress into this whole like let's get back to normal even though like everyone says let's not get back to normal but then I feel like everyone <laughs> yeah it's like hmm. like the amount of times like I I have to just still remind myself like hey you don't have to go back to whatever version of what you think your life should be um yeah I think sometimes I still catch myself kind of gaslighting myself a little bit and I have to bring it back and say oh no no we're not doing that today like (laughs) we are not putting that pressure on ourselves like even today I woke up so much later than I planned and yeah there's like a whole list of things that I I didn't get 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 to and I'm just like it's you're still here okay yeah it's it's fine like I'll get to it when I get to it (laughs) Yeah. If I get to it, and <laughs> if I ever get to it, yeah, well, exactly. Sure. So I'm definitely <laughs> trying to, definitely trying to do that more. So, yeah. well, I would love to get into the list that you filled out from yes. 52 lists for happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, you I filled out did. list number five. I did. List the best choices you have made in your life so far. And I'm so excited to hear (laughs) your random assortment of best life choices. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I, going back to the whole thing of like gaslighting ourselves, like I just have to show you the page. I like added a little amendments because I felt like I didn't do the page right. So I was just like, I was like, um, when I said, right, where it says list of best choices you have made in your life so far. After I started filling it out, I was like, wait, maybe I didn't answer that right. So I added, when I made the choice to, <laughs> just so I can make sure I structured the sentences right. And then I added, I feel like there have been lots of little choices because I was trying to clarify that I felt yeah. like they were little choices. I'm like, why do I do yeah. that? I'm like, well, I think that's also, it's interesting because like people have, have criticized my journals and said it's too simple. 
but no, they don't know. No, no, yes. So oh, much. I love I no, no. to like yeah. distill it into a very no. particular sentence. Oh no, it's perfect. It's yeah. the perfect well, amount of everything. Like you you provide imagery and white space, which I think is so important because I'm a huge margin writer. And that's mm-hmm. actually why I don't even do well with a lot of other things that people make because there's not enough room in the margin. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I got to add the little notes about, about why I wrote the notes. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm very, I for one am very grateful. So oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And like what you were saying, like, how you're explaining for yourself like and I need to set up this like this is I need this particular word in the sentence so that you yes. know this was where yes. my mind was at in this blah, blah, blah. yes that's yes. that's kind of how I set up the journals is to it's like perfect. for my 52 list uh kids journal which is my 52 list project um one of the prompts is what are all of the different things you want to try when you get older not mm. who do you want to be or what do you want your job to be? I just want kids to have permission to try. Like that's those little that's tiny huge. words, those little different sentence structure. It's so important for people to have to hear that. Because yes. when you grow up just saying who you're going to be, then you're like, mm. oh, I'm fixated on being one exactly. person. Forever. No, mm. no, you need permission to just try. That's so thing. powerful so powerful wow i love that thank you well let's get into it tell me some of the best choices you've made in life so far yes so buying an apple pencil Ooh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. First one I wrote down because <laughs> I feel like you got to change my life. Like when I bought that okay. Apple Pencil, I was like, oh, wait a minute. It was perfect for my like, you know, just needing to make things, but also feeling bad about always buying supplies and not finishing using the supplies. Yeah, so that was a yeah, key moment. Right. It was like, you can do whatever you want without that fear. Um, yeah. You know, just it's $100. Yes. But then you don't have to buy it again. Like it's just yes. $100 just one time. So we have like, the same yeah. brain, I think, <laughs> because I love to make art, but I hate waste. Yes. I hate the accumulation of things. Because then it's like each of them lose their importance mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. because they're yes. tiles. Yes. Oh, I don't like that. I want to love yes. everything. Oh, yes. Yes. And then like when I try to paint with like actual acrylics and like that blue is sitting over there and I didn't use it enough. I start feeling bad about the feeling bad yeah. for the blue. And I'm just I'm like, sorry, oh, how dare me? Like I spend all that money on that blue and all the other colors are like, dang, Morgan, like you use us, but you just leave blue kind of hanging. Isn't blue one of your favorite colors? Like, and I can't even paint anymore. So I love digital painting because all the colors are equal and yeah. we don't have to worry about that. So <laughs> I'm not they're equal. They're infinite. <laughs> and no one's mad at me. Great. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, your Apple Pen really gave you so much release and freedom from so many yes. things to fixate on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, no, I don't have to go spend two hundred dollars on spray paint because I can't yeah. figure out which three colors I need. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So another one was uh, the choice to move to different cities. So I've moved a whole lot, and that's something that I'm just like, I'm glad I've done it because I've learned so much from all the places. Another one was to try out a lot. A lot of this has to do with just the choice to just like 
do something because I couldn't make a choice. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, try out a lot of different schools and educational experiences. So I transferred like, I think uh, my transcript for undergrad has like four schools on it. And I, I did a lot of moving around and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of expensive at the time. Probably stressed out my parents a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I did it because I'm like, I didn't know. <laughs> I need to find somewhere else. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's uh, also like, yes. very reflective of like you. I'm similar. I also transferred. I went to a school. It was not healthy for me. It was not right for me. I was severely depressed uh, on the edge of suicide. And I knew like I there's got to be another option. There's got mm-hmm. to be another option. Everybody's telling me stay here because it's what's best for me. But it, I know what's this is not right for me. Yeah. Um. And that is that conflict of you probably had lots of people in society saying, why would you change? That's bad. And you're like, mm-hmm. no, I know there's something better for me. Yes. yes but I'm going to yes. have to try so many things to get there. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Because it's like a lot, a lot of times, and you know, we didn't have that language back then because we didn't know what was you know, all these other layers. But yeah. it was like, and I can't just take other people's word for it either <laughs> because mm-hmm. I've got experience it myself. So totally. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad I did it. And cause I will say too, it helps me because now I, I end up with, with what work I do now, I end up getting to speak to a lot of young people. And I'm so glad that I have these stories of like, yeah, so I failed biology. Um, I moved to the city and didn't know what I was doing. Like, cause I'm like, these are real experiences that people are still navigating through. So I'm, I'm grateful that I, I'm like, yeah, my, my story is absolutely all over the place yeah. <laughs> and somehow I'm still here. So yeah yes and we haven't even like mentioned yet your your profound successes this human has like almost two million followers on instagram you have your own app that you've created it's just bazonkers bazonkers and amazing and profound Thank you and it's so important for people to hear like from the outside people will just see success Uh, But they need to hear and know you are a real human. You have real struggles. And that is so permission granting for other people to know, like, I'm allowed to be what culture at large says is messy. But for me, Mm -hmm. it's just being curious. I'm allowed to be curious. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to be curious. Yes, that is absolutely where I'm at. And I, I try to I try to stay there. And and it's it's yeah it's been an experience I actually I I feel like the whole thing that ended up happening with my art and I'm sure you can relate to this too it's like you make this thing and then it's like oh okay it took it off it took off and do people feel the way about it that I feel about it like what's you know what's what's deeper here so I'm Mm -hmm. I'm still unpacking that (laughs) oh my goodness yes but um yeah another one was just uh the choice to pursue a diagnosis so that Mm -hmm. one and I put again because I did try and then I thought I knew thought the doctor was right but I tried again and then the other one was learn all the instruments I've learned so I, I play, I play guitar. I play harp. Harp was my first one. actually. I, I, I can still play the harp at like a, you know, like a six year old level. So if you don't mm-hmm. play the harp, I look like I know what I'm doing, <laughs> but someone who actually plays, it was like, okay. Um, I know a chord or two. still. harp, guitar, keyboard, bass, all the things. So mandolin. Oh, yeah. 
so yeah I, I love love playing instruments i don't i don't play as much now as i as i could i won't say should yeah. as i could but i want to try to do more yes exactly i'm, I'm looking phases. at my guitar in the corner but that's the thing i feel uh, with objects like i'm looking at the guitar and i feel like my guitar is just like yeah, i hear you talking about me but you yeah. ignore me. <laughs> like that is like i'm looking and in my mind the guitar is like making a face like yeah just like <laughs> like off like a mockumentary office style staring at me into the camera like yeah, yeah she talks about me but then she doesn't even look at me <laughs> during the week so. yeah there's like there's this uh, you know false um definition of autistic people as not being empathetic i would argue so the opposite like i yeah. um i cannot watch cartoon movies of animals yeah cannot i as a kid watched five minutes of the end of all dogs go to heaven and i puked because i was so stressed out about that movie that movie (laughs) you just opened up a whole portal like in the back of my brain (laughs) yeah it's too much but like but and then on the other hand i can watch like um reality like frontier shows where people have to like kill an animal skin it and use all its parts but my little logical brain is like well they honored the animal they're using every part they're respecting every element so i can totally watch this but i cannot watch a cartoon animal like contemplating death i can't it's too much it is too much it's it's fascinating because i do i can watch and i do watch and like i love animation but for me it's it's still a similar thing is that it it does something to me that is different than other yeah i i'm still trying to figure that out too i'm like why why is that but yeah it it affects me it gets to me and yeah, all talks gonna have. I have not heard that in years, and I. But I had like a reaction when you said it, so yeah. now I'm like, oh my goodness! I, I think I let myself forget the plot. Um, so. It's so sad. But I think oh that is, my goodness, that's one yeah. of your your autistic superpowers is that uh, we every single thing is precious to us. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. so because there's so much that we can't comprehend in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. What we can mm-hmm. is so special and so precious, and we want that guitar to know I love you. Yeah, I yeah. About you, absolutely. I'm <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and I feel like it. You know, it it definitely informs like what I do with my art and stuff for 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 sure. Because, I mean, I get asked a lot. They're like how do you make all this art? How do you make all this poetry? How do you have all the time? And I'm like, well, because I'm walking around throughout the day thinking about how purple feels about me and how I feel about the color purple. And I'm like, I know. And when I say these things, like some people like they, they're just like, yeah, but what else? I'm like, no, that's no, that that's really it. I, if I sit and I'm, and I commit to paint this digital canvas all purple, I'm going to have some, some things to say about yeah. the way that purple is on that page and and my role in that purple on that page. So and I and I bring that into how I speak to people, how I talk to people, you know, it's like I write poetry in response to stories that people share with me. Mm. And there've been times where it's only happened maybe once or twice where I've written something for someone and then they responded and said, "Yeah, this doesn't really resonate with me." 
And I, I, I just, I just think I'm like, oh, I wonder why that was. And, and I say, okay, well, you know, what could I have said differently? And I'm so fascinated by how other humans like think about different poetic references. Like some people are like, oh, well, a mountain doesn't have that same significance to me because of this. Mm-hmm. And I consider all of that, <laughs> like when I'm making anything, not that I can think about every scenario, but yeah. yeah. Just lots of thoughts over the thoughts over the thoughts. And yeah. I think that that is a part of empathy. I think that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Hugely. Yeah, because you want to you want to understand people. I think that's also something we have mm-hmm. profoundly in common is I have this urge and need to create because I want connection. I, mm-hmm. I want to understand. I want to be able to put my mind, myself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. I'm hungry for that. Um, not in a way where I want to take, but in an empathetic sense, I really want Mm. to know how you feel truly. Um, I've also been in so many relationships where I've tried to just trust the words coming out of a person's mouth while my body Mm. feels something different from them. Mm -hmm. But I know, you know, an old, an old therapist told me like, you've got to take people at their word. And I'm like, yeah, but it sounds like it doesn't resonate with what their body's telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That yeah. also is like an, an autistic empathy thing is like, I feel, I really, really feel people. Mm-hmm. So I get confused when the words they say don't match what I'm feeling mm-hmm. from them. And later they'll eventually be like, you were right. I was feeling this way, mm-hmm. but I couldn't face it in the moment. So I just said this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious. Do you like with when it comes to words, like whether people are speaking or if they're writing when you're when you're encountering words, like do you feel like there's like multi dimensions to different words? So if yeah. someone says like, oh, I'm so happy about that, that I'm just like, like I, I hear that word happy is like 10 sprouts, like shoot off. Yeah. I'm like, which happiness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is this just like a was that like a filler word or are you talking about like, are you, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that is uh, which, which 52 lists of happiness. So like there's, there's different variations of happiness. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's an interesting word um, that everybody fixates on. Like I grew up, my dad's a pastor, but he also is Buddhist, (laughs) both. So I grew up with also this language of Buddhism that's like, life is suffering. Hmm. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Like life is suffering. But also once you accept that truth, then you can pursue happiness and other experiences. Um, The American way is so about like denying suffering denying that it's even there we're just gonna close our eyes and not only shut it out in acknowledging the suffering of major people groups in the u.s but also within ourselves Mm -hmm. if i deny it in myself it doesn't exist la 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 yes so um with 50 tools for happiness it's fascinating to me that this is like one of my most successful books um because i realize while i might have a certain uh headspace going into creating it other people are going to attach their feelings about happiness mm-hmm. onto it. Some, people's, some people are going to pick it up and be like expecting to just be a uh, never experience sadness again by filling mm-hmm. out these journals. And I'm like, that's yeah. not, 
That's yeah. not possible. You need your oh. full range of emotion. Oh my goodness. We have so much in common because that's literally what I think with all of my book titles. Anytime I have a word, like I have a book called, it's not a part of like the three art series, but it's called Pieces of Practice. And I actually think that one of the reasons why it's probably my least popular book is because I don't talk about like, here's how to get there forever. Mm -hmm. I don't give you any steps on like, okay, yeah, here's how I found it. And I'm better now. I'm like, no, I'm actively seeking this every day in a billion tiny ways. But that is not, and like you said, America, that is definitely not an American message, Western message of like, no, it's a whole bunch of like little steps every day. Yeah. And you have to keep yeah. returning to that every day. Like that is not very popular. <laughs> like that's no. not what a lot of people want to hear. No. <laughs> so yeah, I've learned that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I I appreciate the, 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 even just the nuance of that, like you explaining that. Cause it, it made me realize like why I've drawn to your format and, and what you've created. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's, there's room to explore it. So yeah. 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 And that's exactly what you're doing too. And I can see that not only in the words that you create, but also in the images that you create. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Because every image that you create has so much fluidity to it. Like Hmm. that is like the first word that I think of that, like, even if it's a, you're painting a mountain, it still feels like there's flow. And that is so special and so profound and keeps me not only moving through the image but also keeps me moving through how I'm receiving it oh my goodness Um, thank you and that is like that feels really core to who you are too is that you are willing to flow through life and you're Mm. uh, embedding that in what you create uh it's not a static thing even though you're creating static images they are, they are flowing, they are moving, they are telling a story. And I think um, that's probably also what draws people to them is that they're like, yeah, I can, there's room for interpretation, there's room for me to see myself within these spaces. Uh, I like to imagine myself flowing through the waters of your images or crawling up a mountain and sliding down. There's, <laughs> I want to play around the moon. There's, <laughs> there's so much, uh, yeah, movement and joy and flow. And I think that really reflects the person that you are. And to me, that is like, that is a profound uh, example of art. You're not just, you're doing it. You're, you are an artist. Thank you. That just, wow. You have no idea how much that meant to me because Mm -hmm. I think about those things and, and there are times where it feels like, does anybody see that part of it? And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you do. So thank you. Yeah. That, that means so much to hear because I, well, I really do I'm not about just, all those things. Yeah. This is not just an iPhone background for me. This is, <laughs> I'm feeling things when I see it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that with me. Of course. Wow. wow. Well, what are, are there any yeah. more things on your there, list? Yes. Uh, I said, uh, getting back into playing video games again. So I just started getting really, really into that way more than ever before. Like my phone nice. is like 70% games now. Yes, <laughs> I am I'm just like, I don't games. <laughs> <laughs> like we went, I went to the store, I bought some board games. I'm just like, these look fun. Like, Yay! 
I'm going to buy them. <laughs> so that's been really fun. I get it was, it's been again, you know, me discovering that not everybody likes games. I'm proud of myself. Cause I'm like, well, that makes me like them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yes. Um, I'm, I'm having fun with that. And another thing is just uh, the choice to say goodbye to a city at the right time. Um, and city could probably be replaced with a bunch of other things too. But <laughs> just all the times where I did, I was able to like just zoom out and say, oh, okay, time to go. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Proud of that because sometimes I feel like that can take me a while. Um, another one was just to post that poem on Pinterest. Uh, so the poem that kind of really started my whole thing, I, I, I was like, that was a choice to do that. I mean, it was, it was very personal. Um, and I didn't really feel like I, uh, I didn't really know what was going to happen with that. Um, and it ended up kind of changing everything for me. (laughs) So, uh, that was, that was pretty huge. Another one was, uh, buying my son his first train set because that has turned into like a whole other world. Like that is ultimately what helped me see, like, remind me, Hey, you love games and playing. And, and that's a whole part of your life that a lot of conditioning has happened that, that told you, no, you need to grow up and focus on these things. So yeah, I can, I can tell you about Thomas and all his friends, like he's got like a whole bunch of new friends too. I can, I, I can go on and on. Um, like I'm always on eBay trying to like find these cause he likes these YouTube videos where they find these like really obscure parts of the Thomas, nice. like the Japanese version of Thomas. And then he gets really set on that. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, they don't have that um, at the store. So, um, well, let me, <laughs> let me try to find it. Uh, maybe someone in Japan is selling one. So that's, that's been fun. Like I, over the past, you know, being a parent of a toddler through all of this has been, it's been challenging for a lot of, a lot of different reasons. And a lot of parents talk about that, but that's been a fun, like, wow, we're having a lot of fun here and I'm glad we yeah. have this. And I'm glad that I, I, I just kind of, I was like, I think he would like, I think he would like a train set. And I was just like, let me just buy like a nice one, bought one for like a hundred dollars, like a whole set. And I was like, I think it's an it and I feel like it's changed his toddler life. Like it's yeah. everything is trains and, and I love it. Another one is and this actually ties back into the friends thing because I was just talking about one thing that my list was like saying, like, oh, maybe we're not that close. Like yeah. and that's okay. Cause I've just realized I'm like, oh, I think I need friends who are actually interested in things that I'm interested in. And that's actually been a really big thing for me. It's like I've I've had a lot of proximity friendships or we had something in common for a period of time and then like we changed and we grew, but I always felt pressure to keep adapting to their interests. So whatever they yeah. were interested in yeah. and, and, it, and it's not even always, well, actually my case is never actually, my case has never actually been like this like horrible thing that happened. It was just me that real realizing like that sometimes I tend to self forget and I forget about myself and what matters to me. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm one of my special interests. Things I love is theme parks. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> it's it's like for I'm so curious as to why you love them too. Because for me, I, I love that. I because I'm like, it's it's not that I don't like leaving the house, but I was just like, there's just so much. I liked going places where things have been laid out and there's like a map and I can follow the yeah. map and I can yeah. choose if something, if something is too loud or too much for me, I can just leave. 
Um, mm-hmm. If you go to a party with people and you're just like, it's too loud, I'm gone. <laughs> it's like, why? Oh, you can stay. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've had enough. So, so yeah, I anytime where. I just can't. Yeah. It's so it's like, I think it's like a big somatic <laughs> experience thing. Like mm-hmm. I, when I used to have a very, very busy life and busy career and I traveled a lot and went to trade shows and conferences and blah, blah, blah. I would look for the closest roller coaster within wherever I was going. <laughs> and on the last day of my trip, I would try to go ride a roller coaster. Cause I just oh like gosh, yes. need it. I just need like yes. this dramatic release. I need, oh, yeah. I know that I'm safe yes. and I can have some sort of like release and it's a play. Like I've had to, I've had to perform for a few days mm-hmm. and I've had to be on my best behavior and be an adult. And now I just need to bleh, play. Yeah. So that I space mountain, a- space oh. mountain is emotional regulation for me. My God. Me like too. I get on that ride and I close my eyes and the whole, the jolt, everything. Yep. Yep. Feels so I get good. that. I get that completely. Oh, over. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so yes, it was, gonna, yeah. We're going to meet up at, a theme park. That's going to yes. be our first hangout. I am I so excited about this. <laughs> that I haven't been on a roller coaster since pre-pandemic, and I'm constantly yeah. telling my partner, like, I just need a roller. I know. I know. Oh my need goodness. It. It's, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, you are a treasure. We have, you know, I don't just say that because we basically have the same brain, but it is so, you know, comforting and relieving to just hear someone like you share your life experiences to know I'm not alone. And so many other people who are listening are also not alone. That is so, so important. Yes. You in the world, we need to see Mm. you in the world. We need your visibility. We need your art. We need your music. We need all of it. And it is such a, a gift that you're giving to the world. And thank you so much for showing up and being here. Wow. Well, thank you. I, I can reflect those words right back to you. I, I'm so grateful that we were able to make this connection. And yeah, it's that this is this is a wonderful thing to happen today. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I'm like, oh, I feel I feel equipped, empowered, seen, heard, all those wonderful things that yes. you want to feel in life. That's how I feel right now. So thank you. Thank you so thank much you for so creating this space. And and um, yes, I'm, I'm sure this will be the last time. There will be a, a roller coaster somewhere in the future. It'll be a roller coaster. It will be amazing. <laughs> All right. Bye, my Bye. new best friend. Yes. <laughs> Same. Bye.